Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Today is the one-year anniversary of when the Twitter files broke and we saw what they did censoring information on COVID, a lot of which turned out to be correct. We got a great guest coming up. He's been with us before on that at 1230. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask him, all right, you know, what do we do with some of this stuff that is obviously incorrect? We go, well, buyer beware. It's the Internet. That's it. That's certainly an approach. Uh, Also, we have the state representative who has a bill, as I understand. I'll let him break it down to uh, take Joe Biden off the ballot in Pennsylvania. Now, I'm not endorsing that idea. I think it's what the other side wants. But I wanted to bring you what's something that's happening in the aftermath of the Colorado decision. But I want to lead with this. I only found out about it late this morning. Over the weekend, and I had plenty of sound on this too, we had the mob. That's what they are. These people of all sorts, some of them, uh, here illegally, some of them, even if they're here legally, that are the epitome of um, lacking in gratitude, okay, as I see it. Ilmar Omar is an example. I know she's a refugee. Uh, Talib is, I think, born here. It's not just about Israel. It's not just about this unrelenting. It never ends in the Middle East. I even have a cut of a guy who I think is off his rocker, Uh, You know, it's a nice idea. People like to say nice idea. Over the weekend, a pundit on national TV saying, you know what? Um, Look at Germany. Look at Japan. They were hateful Hitler, Tojo. And look at what they are now. We can do the same thing in Gaza. I'm here to plunk my dad and stop all this happy talk, buddy. No, we're not going to do that. What makes you think we're going to do that? What is it that would change there to do that? The difference is, particularly in Japan, we had MacArthur, and he rigidly changed the Japanese system. In Germany, you had occupation, which broke it up, which took away some of the power by both the Russians, Americans, British, and French. And as I understand it, they had rigorous rule. They still do today. So how are we doing that in Gaza? I saw something, uh, this guy Don Fetter, a great column, saying, yeah, you know what we got to do? Put the U.N. in Gaza. Let's see how they, can you imagine the U.N. in Gaza <laughs> rather than in New York? I love that idea, Dan. It's, it's one of my top ten ideas for 2024 that are kind of a, 
you know, fluky type of thing, never going to happen. No, they like their diplomatic community. They ring up millions of dollars in traffic tickets and everything else. The French ambassador walking through the Gaza. Yes, there. yeah, when Gaza, oh, Please good morning. Me, sir, Mon ami, good morning. Yes, yeah, so the guy, British guy with the umbrella, diplomat, or Blinken. Hey, uh, which way to the UN? <laughs> yeah, Hamas, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, that, that yes, yeah, why not? This guy, though, all this happy talk that everybody wants to say it makes him provocative. We did it with Germany. We did it with Japan. We can do it with Gaza. What's the evidence? I mean, closer to it, and I see a difference there, is Northern Ireland. You don't hear about that as much anymore, if at all, with the Brits and the Troubles, as they were called. Now, that is kind of more on point, but you have to understand, this is bloodlust. And I'm going to give you an example of it. All right, the mob over the weekend goes through the streets of New York. The police were handcuffed. They weren't allowed to do too much until it really got started. They're carrying a bloody nativity scene, okay? You talk about provocative. Imagine doing that, oh, I don't know, with something sacred to Muslims on Christmas. And they're screaming, among other things, nobody shops until the ceasefire. We're disrupting Christmas. You can't have Christmas. I have a story here in Australia. There was some kind of fundraiser on TV. At least part of it was for some kids group for blind children. And they disrupted that. They're disrupting uh, caroling people, etc. Here's the latest, though. This Thursday, now I've been there. If you've been there, I'd love to hear from you. If you have, you almost have a duty to tell us about it. I've been to the Holocaust Museum in Israel when we went to Israel with people. But for my money, as moving as that is, the Holocaust Museum in Washington was more moving. The mob, this Thursday, December 28th, the day that will live in infamy, is heading over around 11 o'clock to the Holocaust Museum. Apparently, they have the funding. I don't know, George Soros, God only knows, is somebody who comes to mind by some benefactors, and they're going to give out free passes. In other words, they're saying, you can't stop us from getting in there. It says something about free passes. Now, I don't know if the museum is a free pass that day. I'm not going to get into the weeds. But these are the people that tell us all the time they're only anti-Zionism. They're only against the right of Israel to be there, 1948, the whole dreadful thing we go through again and again and again. They're not anti-Semitic. Out of all the places in the world to go, to go wild, and that's exactly what they are. They have to be put down every single time they engage in this, whether it's in downtown Philadelphia, what they did in New York, Chicago, they just blocked a bridge for an eternity. These are people Christmas shop. Well, when when do people get it that this is what Democrats and progressives are going to give you? Democrats may not be on board with all this. Some of them are not. Progressives are, and Democrats enable them. Which party engages in this? Every single Democrat. Now, Fetterman has spoken out against some of this, but he still is going to engage with other progressives who support this. Now, there's rumors that Cory Bush and Tlaib will be there. If you've been to the Holocaust Museum, either one of them, or maybe there are others, there is a room, as I remember it, there's a boxcar there, there's a room of the shoes. 
all the shoes that the Nazis took and kept. How in the world, out of any point of reference, can these mobs choose to go to the Holocaust Museum? 855-839-1210. If you've been there, you know how moving it is. Maybe you can tell us your experience. So you're saying, well, can't they stop them? Won't they stop them? And I think my answer probably is no. They're apparently going to have tickets. Now, maybe they can stop them from bringing in signs, but you're going to have a pitch battle. Will Biden call out the right federal authorities to engage in this? No. They will allow them to go in, desecrate this sacred place that was built. I know there's private money, but I think a lot of American tax dollars, and I have to look up how much, our money our place, one of the most sacred places in the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Country. In the world. And they'll allow them half hour, 45 minutes, and they'll start taking them out one by one if they won't go. What the heck is going on here? Well, what's going on here is just the epitome of where all this stuff leaves and who's responsible for it. The National Democrat Party, Biden's weak on this, any number of them, progressives, the media, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and all those idiots. Are they telling people about this? No, I'm telling you about it. So December 28th, it's a call to action And they actually want some alleged doctors, I wouldn't go to any of these people, to show up in white coats and all, to give that extra flavor to it. In what sick universe do you think you can do this at the Holocaust Museum? Well, isn't that what people fought for, for the right of freedom of speech? Take a hike, buddy. Take a hike. No sale here. Stop with your nonsense. You're a bloodthirsty mob that are targeting Jews all over the place. And you're going to continue to do it. Now, I don't think necessarily this is the issue or one of the top five issues 
I didn't think that. But by seeing what happened with big college, when McGill and these other uh, presidentes were undressed by uh, Virginia Fox, who's been our guest, I think that this, it, it bounces off other stuff. It bounces off the lawlessness. It bounces off the extremism. It bounces off these big mouth progressives that are going along with this. So maybe we're so tired of it over how many years with Israel and this back and forth, at least 40, if not more, front page news. But this and what happened on October 7th. Now we know, we know how people were listening during that month of October 7th. And we talked about this issue quite a lot, and we saw the number of listeners. So we have a sense, like anything else, people tire of it. But now we see the mobs. Do they have a right to block you on a bridge? Do they have a right to blind children, a fundraiser to stop it? When does somebody say that's enough? We're not going to go through this kabuki dance where you come running in, start screaming all kinds of stuff, uh, like the, the woman Goldie, Goldie, who can't hide? You know, the who can't hide? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Roe tells me all the time, stop it with you. Who can't hide? Every time. Are you doing I that in it. your personal life? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Tell, yeah, tell, <laughs> you can't hide. Yeah, no, you can't hide. You got to get the right <laughs> inflection there. Can you imagine just targeting Jews, target practice? So are the various uh, Jewish groups going to buy tickets and be there and say, no. This is a sacred place. Is there any place? Well, you know, they have a right to freedom of speech. I may have put too much uh, emphasis on the you. It was really on the hide. I like the you better, though. <laughs> it's the same thing, you know. That accent, it's oh, God. Yeah, there, there's a, a perfect inflection there that just gets me every time. <laughs> so if you've been to the Holocaust Museum, you know, think of sacred places where people wouldn't take it. You're, you're trading on sacred ground. A society that doesn't think that and thinks that they can just wrap themselves up and say, First Amendment, nothing else matters, is lost. You know you're just being cowardly. You know this mob should not be allowed to proceed. In other words, the, uh, the uh, people here have a certain expectation of dignity when you go into a museum like this. It's not a place to be screaming. Into, it's against the rules, you would think, right? Yeah. There are places where you just, it's, it's, uh, it's worse than, well, it's the same thing as uh, screaming fire in a crowded theater. It's beyond provocative. It's beyond disruptive. I maintain there are certain places that are sacred. They're limited. I get it. You want to have uh, First Amendment rights. And this is one of them. You're exposing yourself. Not the media will put it that way. They won't connect the dots. They'll barely try to cover it in order to get away with it. But that's what this mob is about, the Holocaust Museum. All right, let me give you the side question, though. And if you've been, I'd love to hear from you here. 855-839-1210. You get on board. Now, this was a last-minute insertion. All right, we had something else for uh, Tommy Cutlets, who had a rough day yesterday. I don't know if he got some chicken cacciatore. Boy, I'm telling you, if they, uh, if the backup to the backup, I don't know if the guy's a third string or Tommy. I think Tommy Cutlets was third string. If he had been in there, that game might have been difficult for the Eagles versus Tommy Cutlets, the way I saw it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you he, had Taylor he, in there earlier, saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Tommy Cutlitz is able to move, but you know, as far as reading the field and all that, not so good. And suddenly the run game opened up for the Giants. I was really surprised. I thought they just came out to crush them, and they were succeeding in the beginning. I thought they had, had taken a heart away from them. Yeah. It's hard to understand how they let them back in and they were hanging around. At one point, they were right there. I just don't <laughs> get it. They're not good. And they made a lot of dumb plays. Well, so do the Eagles. But, I mean, their dumb plays are because of lack of talent and direction and everything else. They're just bad. And they, Wink Martindale with his little chimney stack they were promoting. Yeah. The new defensive formation. It was, yes, I saw that. I was wondering what the heck. What a horrible know. play. Yeah, I mean, you're allowing various parts of the field to be open. I mean, I don't quite get that. You know, right. There's a lot of Italians that were disappointed to see what happened to Tommy yesterday. Oh, yeah? Uh, but my, my thing is, like, Joe Flacco's over here lighting things up, and he's kind of right. going under underrated. Is he is he not Italian? I thought he was oh, Italian, Oh, yeah, too. I think so. The pride of uh, Audubon or Audubon, I'm Audubon here as a, Park. You know, a yeah. Polish gentleman, and all I have is Jaws, the Polish Ron, rifle. Ron Jaworski. Yeah, there haven't been too many Polish uh, great Sebastian quarterbacks. Sebastian Janikowski, that giant kicker from the Raiders. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Remember him? Yeah, used. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, let's face it, they're offensive linemen. These I, guys that are Polish. Yeah, is, is the Patriots or one of the teams I was watching over the weekend have a Polish kick returner, which is a new thing for me. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And the Giants punter. Oh my god! Woo! Pretty bad. <laughs> Particularly, I was watching long hair. I don't mind. He put his hair into a man bun before he punted one time. That was it. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's bad. All right. Side question then, and this is an insertion at the last minute. I think it's a real good one as we uh, spin through the holidays. A lot of holiday movies we've all seen. Hit us with that side char- character in any holiday Christmas holiday movie. Uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, I'll take uh, one of my favorites off the board because at least in Home Alone 1, the guy is the deus ex machina that really comes through, and that's the, the guy, the older guy trying to uh, make up with his family, and he carries a mean uh, snow shovel and a bucket, uh, no, a full uh, tub Ooh, I like of, uh, of ice or um, rock salt to throw on ice. <laughs> Walks around the neighborhood doing that constantly, and dragging I, up that uh, trash can. And I love that there's such a character development around that character, too. Yes, like, like a at lot. First, at first, you're, as a kid, man, I was petrified of the guy. But oh, he is great, yeah. Similar yeah. to the main character. Like, I, I, I turn, you know, I turn. Yeah. And, and so, like, I, what also I, I want to hear from listeners is I would love to hear a side character in one of these holiday films, too, that uh, that might make a good spinoff film. And the okay. old man in, uh, in Home Alone is definitely one of those. Marvin Harry, the two criminals. Yes. Uh, I think those are great characters oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, they definitely could, yeah. Uh, and uh, another one I want to take off, uh, Bernard the Elf, the kid. Well, he's not a kid, he's an elf. Uh, please don't call him that. The uh, From the Santa Claus. Uh, he has, like, a whole team of elves, and he's, like, a manager, like a middle manager. I'd love to uh, learn more about Bernard the Elf. And I'll take off Yukon Cornelius as well. Uh, I mean... Who, who wouldn't want more from Yukon? He's a great character, and yeah, I'll take him from Rudolph. Uh, there's a couple from Rudolph, though, Dom, so I, I don't want to go too deep into that yeah. one. Yeah, okay. Hit us with that at the end of your call. By tomorrow, if all, tomorrow's National Fruitcake Day. I was regaling people at one of our parties over the holiday, 
And they couldn't believe I did eat a big slice of a 50-year-old fruitcake. I have witnesses. I was doing the morning show at WWDB. It was delicious. <sighs> there were no ill effects. Once again, proving. I've also there were uh, no ill effects. Like no, nothing the next n- day. No, nothing. Wow, it was perfect. And uh, uh, Hugh, the master baker, used to make these uh, fruitcake concoctions with bourbon, but they were like a village of bourbon and fruitcake. Quite a concoction. How, you could do a lot with a fruitcake. How did that come about, though? Like, where, where did the 50-year-old fruitcake come from? Was it a listener? Uh, yeah, because I talked about it so much. A listener had preserved a fruitcake. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh. It's a matter of record. It's in the annals <laughs> of the Radio Broadcasting Hall of Fame. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. First day of this. Only four days this week. So get on board. And I'm looking for somebody that's been to the Holocaust Museum. Is there such a thing as a sacred place... Where, by their own rules, you can't just say, well, we're invoking protester rules. We can do whatever we want. They should be locked up instantly. None of this. They come out with the handcuffs. They carry them out. They come back and get another. What the hell are the Capitol Police or whoever's involved doing all day long? Nothing. They had a massive number of police there. When they start up, instantly jump them and get them out of there. I, even for the mob... This concoction. Let's see if they actually do. I think they'll do it because if you can carry around a bloody nativity scene, I'm going to play you this phony priest, too. This guy was on, I think it was uh, CNN. Father, I don't know if I have his name here, uh, talks about um, the idea. What is it? Beck. Yeah, Father Beck. Listen to Father Edward Beck. He's got great hair. One of these phony priests, though, Dan, he can't wear the priest black. <laughs> like to compliment the hair. He, yes, he has He has a, a red. Suddenly he's got to stand out with the red undergirding here. Listen to what Father Beck told us on national TV, and I think he's a buddy of Cardinal Dolan in New York. Here's his take on the poor Palestinians. What I'm so struck by is that the story of Christmas is about a Palestinian Jew. Now, how often do you find those words put together? A Palestinian Jew, born into a time when his country was occupied, right? They can't find a place for her to even give birth, his mother. They're homeless. They eventually have to flee as refugees into Egypt, no less. I mean, you can't make up the parallels to our current world situation right now. And so in some way, that is who we believe God becomes. Born into that situation... And yet, that very man, Jesus, says, love one another. Love your enemies. There is hope. There is light in the darkness. I'm attesting to that. So somehow that God enters that experience of suffering and that struggle and is actually born into it, that is what is so miraculous about this celebration for me. Hey, uh, Father with the red vest, uh, why don't you go to Gaza and preach a little bit there? Well, let's see how that works out. Uh, he was topped, and we'll play that in a moment. I think he was topped. It's hard to say here. Father Beck was a superstar of misinformation. But AOC uh, may have gone bridges farther than that. It, it was quite a weekend of inciting Jesus and bringing on a priest like Father Beck. My goodness. 855-839-1210. If you've been to the Holocaust Museum, love to get you on board. Hit us on the side question. At the end of your call, who's that great side character? And there's got to be a hundred of them 
in any holiday movie. Just think of some of the three or four or five biggest ones. Something should come to you. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Here with Dom and Dan and Jim on Talk Radio 1210. Dom G. Show. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, Merry post-Christmas. Heading toward New Year all this week. We'll bring you great people breaking down what happened in 2023 and what we can expect in 2024. AOC over the weekend was tweeting out, following up with this priest, that Jesus was born in modern-day Palestine under the threat of a government engaged in a massacre of innocents He was part of a targeted population being indiscriminately killed to protect an unjust leader's power. Let's break that down. Uh, It wasn't uh, modern-day Palestine. It was Judea. Uh, We had, uh, yes, the massacre of innocents, but AOC, when you target a population, you can't say indiscriminately killed. Those two don't seem to match. Uh, there was no Palestine. Jesus was a Jew born in Judea. Talking about trying to disappear Jews or deny his Jewishness to something that isn't the case to fit the script is the height of what they're trying to do as we speak. Uh, in addition to which, according to the Gospel of Matthew, Herod assassinated the babies. He was trying to target the birth of the king of the Jews. Herod used that title. He wanted no challenge to his authority. Kind of a significant thing, one wrote, to miss all the Jewishness here. Does AOC not know this? I would bet it's not just ideological with her. I would bet she probably doesn't know it. All right? And if she did, she would still go forward with it. I'm not denying that. But I'll take the under that she doesn't know a whole lot, and I'll feel pretty safe with that. All right, 855 if you've been to the Holocaust Museum, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, for my view, being at both, the one in Washington was much more difficult moving, even than the one in Israel, which was also beautifully done. And you mean to say, we're not going to see not just condemnation of this, but connecting the dots finally to what this movement is about. The list here of Jewish restaurants that, that Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. Uh, what they've done at Penn, the targeting of Jewish students. Yeah, this nonsense. And now the Holocaust Museum shutting down Christmas to stomp their feet. And they will continue to do it until they're effectively arrested 
kept in jail and get penalties for what they're doing. In other words, they're saying you can't have any enjoyment. And there are people that believe this. Krasner is one. Others in Philadelphia. If the right people are, quote, protesting, then you just have to suffer whatever the inconvenience is. I mean, you saw the one group. They shut down the highway in Philadelphia. and They just said, minor inconvenience. People are dying in the bombing. Oh, okay. People trying to get to whatever their God-given right is to get to, they can make that judgment, and they're backed by city authorities. And they arrest them one at a time. You see the slow-motion drama play out. That's exactly what's going on. All right, so 855-839-1210, you get on board. But the uh, Holocaust Museum is almost beyond uh, any kind of value system. All right, hit us too. That's side character. We've never done this one. Side character in a holiday film that you think, uh, no way to look at it. George Jefferson, maybe the all-time great going on to a big-time show from All in the Family. Hit us with um, one that might be able to do something on their own or you got a kick out of them or they're integral to the part that uh, a way to tell it too. I don't know how many were in both Home Alones. Uh, maybe a limited number. But if they, they even haven't appeared, John Candy. Well, that's John Candy though. In Home Alone, it's a great uh, moment there, as the uh, Polka Kings uh, traveling to get the mom back home. But eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. You get on board. Uh, as all this is happening, here's President Trump. This will be cut six, Dan. Talking about Biden, and correctly over Christmas, talking about the persecution of Catholics. Now, how can you have a guy who's a Catholic president, well, he's not really a Catholic president in my estimation, persecuting Catholics? What's the evidence of that? Mark Houck is one. The um, pregnancy centers is another. And the FBI enrichment, still not being forced to testify about shadowing Catholics as best they could and developing dossiers on them that went to a Latin mass. All right, here's uh, what he said about that. Christians and Americans of faith are being persecuted like nothing this nation has ever seen before. Catholics in particular are being targeted and evangelicals are surely on the watch list as well. Over the past three years, the Biden administration has sent SWAT teams to arrest pro-life activists. The FBI has been caught profiling devout Catholics as possible domestic terrorists and planning to send undercover spies into Catholic churches, just like in the old days of the Soviet Union. Catholics, you cannot vote for the Democrats. You cannot even think about voting for Biden. What they're doing to you is shocking. As president, I will create a new federal task force on fighting anti-Christian bias. It will be led by a reformed Department of Justice, but it will involve many agencies and departments. Its purview will be to investigate all forms of illegal discrimination, harassment, and the persecution of Christians in America, as well as the use of taxpayer dollars to promote anti-Christian bigotry. Among other initiatives, the task force will review the past DOJ persecutions and prosecutions for evidence of anti-Christian prejudice 
And it will also look at government agencies, universities, and major corporations that have adopted anti-Christian diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. All right, there you go. A little bit of the gist of it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. The Catholic vote is about 25 to 26 percent, at least on paper, they're Catholics uh, that identify as that in any presidential election. So that vote, even moving at a point or two here or there in a swing state, huge, huge thing, like, oh, I don't know, Pennsylvania. All right, coming up, David Zweig uh, has joined us before. The guy has written uh, great books. He's also much uh, on Twitter and in uh, various magazines. He came to us at the height of COVID about summer camps and what was going to go on that summer. It's been a few years back. He's got a whole thread up today on Twitter talking about the one-year anniversary of uh, the Twitter files breaking and particularly around COVID and COVID information. Now, if you listen to the show, you know that Dr. Fauci is scheduled to testify on January 8th and 9th before the House. I think it's Jim Jordan and the boys. That is going to be a moment. But uh, this moment, one year ago this day, is when this was revealed. I'll let him break it down, what we found, what was going on with Twitter and other social media, how they were blocking information, and how do we make a determination, is the bottom line in the end, to let information out there, even if it hasn't been, quote, vetted by X, Y, or Z. Who, who, uh, what's the standard? I mean, that's one form of a standard. We're going to allow the information to be out there. All right, is that where we go with this now that's better than what they did by just blocking information there's accusation even in the trump uh, administration there were federal agencies blocking information around COVID because they were afraid of various runs on various supplies and everything else that would go on tom giordano program david zweig has been with us before multiple times as i mentioned the very first time was um summer camp and how ridiculous the guidelines were and that was a bit it was starting to get into that we knew a lot more about covid it's got a great uh, thread up on twitter we'll tell you where to find it because this day exactly that's why i want to get him on today is the anniversary of the twitter files particularly around covid which let's face it that was the granddaddy of all and there was a lot of information about uh, alex uh, uh, berenson now you know I had Berenson on several times. There was a lot of good there. Uh, some of the things may have gone off the rails. I'm going to ask David, how do we, is it impossible to corral that without just suppressing information that people ought to have? David joins us here in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210. David, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. It's like my, my favorite show coming to talk to you guys. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Well, I remember that day. It was just incredible. And uh, I know you have a long-awaited book uh, coming up. But, David, uh, you even forgot about this anniversary, and somebody reminded you of it. You said that That's on Twitter. That's right. And I think when we see Fauci testify this time, the 8th and the 9th, we have not had a national day of reckoning. Somehow or another, Randy Weingarten walks around, attacks people as if they were the ones that shut down schools. But let's talk about what the Twitter files told us. Are you in the camp that any of that information, say, with Berenson, uh, that somebody should have looked at it, done anything with it, or would you just put it all out there on Twitter? 
What, what do you mean by should mean should his his reporting have been set, like possibly censored if someone found it is to there, be untrue? Or are you saying? Yeah. Yes. Is there anything? What, what's the mm-hmm. metric that would stop any of it? Uh, because right. as I said, I had him on multiple times, and in the beginning, mm-hmm. I thought rock solid. I, mm-hmm. you know, I steered away a little bit myself uh, a little bit later on. Maybe he was burned by mm-hmm. all the intensity of people coming at him. You're right. an expert in this, and you're an expert, too, in being uh, judicious about this stuff. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you are. No, I think you are. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, you know, you get information out there, but what do we rely? I mean, this obviously, right. what happened here mm-hmm. was a grave harm, but is there any line that you think should be held? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question, and different people are going to give different answers because there's not technically one correct answer. We have an answer that would rest on the First Amendment, and then we have a slightly separate answer, which is, you know, people will say, well, social media companies are privately held companies or, well, yes. they're public, but they're not, they're not part of the government. They can do what they want. And my, my attitude is, well, there's a couple things at play here. One of them is, as I detailed in my reporting with the Twitter files and as other people like Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger um, detailed it um, even further on other issues like the Hunter Biden laptop and other things is that make no mistake, the government coerced in some manner or another social media companies to suppress content that the government disfavored um, and to possibly amplify content that the government liked. So when, so, that, that's the first thing to make your listeners understand, that if you ever hear someone make the argument, well, Facebook or Twitter, they're allowed to do what they want. Well, yes, they are, but the government is not allowed to use someone else or some other entity as a proxy for them to work around the First Amendment. Um, so that's the first thing that's really important. The government uh, uh, yeah, I agree with you completely, but let me say this. Even in the Trump administration – uh, it, now, maybe these were misfounded, but they were afraid of a run on things if somebody right. put mm-hmm. up things on Twitter. And if a mm-hmm. government agency, and it's ticklish, comes to you and says, we're afraid of this. So mm-hmm. it's it's the implied threat or the threat that has to be there. Or is it if they say that even that, that's suspect? Well, this is all winding its way through the courts right now in yeah. a case called Missouri v. Yes. Biden, which is going right. to the Supreme Court. Um, so we're going to find out ultimately what, how the government rules on what precisely they are or are not allowed to do or say with social media companies. Um, it's, so it's, it's, it's right now it's unknown. Um, what they're technically allowed to do or not to do. But moving away from a sort of legal question toward just kind of a social question, in my view, the social media companies, other than stopping um, thing, content that is genuinely going, you know, where people are very specifically calling for harm to other people, uh, pornography, other things that are already illegal in society, um, those should be stopped. No one wants to be, or few people want to be, you know, on a platform where they're going to to, to things that are basically illegal. Um, but short of that bar, I think we really are better off as a society to fall on the the, the side of where the First Amendment is, which is it's not only the right to say something, it's also the right to be wrong. 
And that's really important because, as we all observed, what we were told by the government in many instances was not correct. There were public health officials who said, when you get vaccinated, you will be a dead end to the virus, you know, from transmission. That was wrong. When, you know, when we were told things about masking, they were wrong. So the idea that it's appropriate for social media companies that they're going to have some sort of team of people adjudicating what, what is or is not true is, is really, really a fool's errand. And it's dangerous. That's how we find out that things are wrong. The only reason they stopped forcing kids to be six feet apart in schools is because some states refused to listen to the CDC, which enabled a study to take place where they could compare schools that had three feet versus schools mm-hmm. that had six feet. So sometimes the only way to get to the truth is to allow for things that go against the sort of government or establishment narratives. Uh, uh, David, uh, what about Elon Musk overall now? This is a day, a major day in the takeover of Twitter. What kind of grade Mm -hmm. would you give uh, Musk uh, in taking this over? I think uh, on your thread, something like $44 billion he paid the devaluation advertising 60% down. I think that will continue to because you have enough entities that suddenly, I mean, you know what? they'll put their advertisements in suspect places, but not with him. Well, that's such a good point. There, it, it, It's a shame to me. I, I don't agree with Elon Musk on everything he says or tweets or whatever, nor should I. To me, the focus on him as an individual is part of the problem that I think a lot of the sort of mainstream media and kind of, um, you know, smart set in our society, he's become this villain. Um, And again, I don't have to agree with all of his views on things, but the fact of the matter is there really is no other platform that enables the degree of freedom for people to speak their mind the way (laughs) that, that you may not want to read or hear that also allows for important things for people to have access to that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. And it is obviously the height of hypocrisy for these multinational corporations to pull ads from Twitter, yet continue to advertise on places like TikTok or Facebook that have an enormous amount of hateful content, and other sort of harmful content on them, physical yeah. kind yeah, of uh, exactly. mindset that their PR people are, you know, advising them on. Uh, Dan, you had a question? No. Um, well, I, I do have a question. Uh, yeah. So, so David, TikTok, there's a lot in the media right now. I was watching Fox News this morning uh, about China's involvement in TikTok. And uh, just curious, after what you exposed in the... Uh, the, the censorship that happened on Twitter with, uh, you know, the private entity. I wonder where you stand on uh, censoring TikTok because of China's influence on the algorithm and what can be done to subvert us. Just where you stand on TikTok? Yeah, I think it's 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 a really complicated sort of thing to navigate. Right? It, it's like um, my, like I said, my instinct is to always fall on the side of allowing for as much freedom of speech as possible. So that would include allowing American citizens to have access to any sort of, you know, media or technology platform that exists around the world. We are not, you know, I've been to China and I was there. I remember I couldn't go on the New York times.com or I couldn't go on all these websites. It's, you know, so 
we don't want to be like that in America. With that said, you know, this is, this is a, a, a platform that is owned by the Chinese government, or at least, you know, that they have tremendous influence over how it's going, how its algorithms run. This is, you know, it, I don't think it's too hyperbolic to say that this is, you know, basically this digital drug funneled into the minds of yeah, tens exactly. of millions of American kids. Um, and if China, you know, they certainly have the ability to push certain type of content and suppress other content. So I don't really I haven't really worked out where I stand on this. I think one thing seems to I mean, it would seem to me that the U.S. government or somehow should step in and say, look, if you're going to have a platform, you know, that our citizens are using, you can't have the government, you know, with their hand on the tiller, they're um, steering where it's going to go in all these directions. But I don't really know how that would work in a sort of, you know, actionable sense. Um, I, yeah, it's a complicated one for sure. Absolutely. David, please tell us uh, where to find you on Twitter. I'm easy to find. I'm just at David Zweig. So that's D-A-V-I-D-Z-W-E-I-G.com. And I also have a Substack, which is called SilentLunch.net. It's named after what they forced millions of kids to do in America, where they prohibited them from speaking during lunch during <laughs> to try yes. to stop COVID, which obviously didn't work. So SilentLunch.net for all sorts of investigative reporting, and I'm easy to find. Well, be on speed dial January 8th and 9th. I'm lining up a team of you, Rand Paul, I'm sure we'll be in when uh, Dr. Fantastic. Fauci uh, testifies. It's, it's going to be uh, hopefully a day of reckoning of some sort. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you, David. Happy New Year. Thank take you. Care. Until then. All Bye. right. So here Thanks. on Talk Radio Bye-bye. 1210, we'll take your calls at 855 839 So today is the one-year anniversary of that. And again... These milestones are not there. Uh, you know, I was thinking when he mentioned the six-foot rule and the three-foot rule. Where did we hear that? Uh, Dr. David Damsker was the first one on here. Yeah, we found the three-foot rule. He was doing it all across Pennsylvania. The good afternoon woman came in with Governor Wolf. And our buddy Bob Harvey Harvest, whatever his name is. And good Diane afternoon. Mar- yeah, and Diane Marsaglia out there jumped in, and suddenly Dr. Damsker was incommunicado. He was in the basement. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. AT&T and Verizon Wireless, all you have to do is just push pound 1210, and uh, we'll get you on board. Coming up, uh, a cartoon in the uh, Boston Globe over the weekend. I put up on Twitter at DomShow1210. It says it all of where the uh, elite media now thinks they have to go to convince us that Biden has not uh, brutally attacked Americans with 17% inflation. I'll tell you what the cartoon's about coming up. Dr. Yordano's show, 855-839-1210. A story that grabbed me, we'll get into in the 1 o'clock hour, is this uh, Spirit Airline sending a kid, an unaccompanied minor, to a different city in Florida. I'll give you all the details on that. And what really jumped out at me was... Where did the mistransfer happen? Philadelphia Airport, of course. Of course. The Inquirer must have missed that one. They, they're not interested in how something like I, I got a lot on that. But my, my mom came a week and a half yeah. ago. They lost their luggage. There you go. Yeah, well, that's trip, normal. Yeah, and if the Eagles, very normal, apparently. If the Eagles get into a Super Bowl and they don't feel like working that day, they just stack it up for a week. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so anyhow, 
liberals or progressives have given up on trying to convince the American people that Bidenomics is good for them. You know, they've tried every spin. Bob Casey, it's the corporate interest, greedflation, shrinkflation. They've tried the angle, well, it's going down. No, people are savvy enough to know, well, then why am I still paying X for this that is much more than I ever paid before? But it's going down. No, it's not. It keeps on going up a little bit now, not as much as before, but it seems to be baked in. All right, so um, they have Biden at a Christmas tree. Looks to be artificial, all right, (laughs) Uh, in the Boston Globe. You watch that. Yeah, and Biden is saying, look what I brought you folks. This ought to make things merry and bright. And uh, record low unemployment. Inflation plummeting from 9.1% to 3.2%. Who caused the 9.1%? And oh, by the way, that's baked in. Recession averted. Well, who put us on the road to recession? So the dad says, not feeling it. Worst Christmas ever. And uh, the mom has an even more of a bigger scowl. She's saying, worst Santa ever to Biden. And then the kid (laughs) is sticking his tongue out with spittle coming out of it. And there's a newspaper they have on the floor, historic uh, gap between strength of the economy and public perception. They're not good. This, This is just how insidious these people are, and they're driven. Because at least they're smart enough to know that a large part of this election versus I don't know how many different spins and things might happen are are going to be uh, coming up is going to be based on this. And I am shocked at this point that people actually have tagged. I, I thought they'd get away with it to some degree. Just the media, the lack of comprehension. I thought when they said, Well, it's only at 3%. Now, people might start to waver a little bit. Now, we still don't know those people out in the suburbs, though. Are they going to hold this enough against Biden that they can stomach Trump? Let's face it. That's what it comes down to, doesn't it? It may be five or six swing states. And the biggest of all, and the polling is starting to indicate the close, well, Wisconsin, Biden, if I had a bet today, I think Biden would win Wisconsin, by the time we all said and done. But Pennsylvania is razor, razor tight. The other states, it looks clearly like Trump has quite an edge, and among groups that you wouldn't mention. But I I see Pennsylvania in the end. So that brings us over the weekend. I saw what he wrote on, I guess it was Christmas Eve. Boy, Scott Presler, it's unbelievable. I'll give it to you at some point in the next hour. What he wrote he's doing and should be done and evidence of how effective this is. And again, uh, it comes back to mail-in balloting, the infrastructure of this. And I just in no way I'm going to give you the rose-colored glasses. And then the next day after the election, people are are just, what the hell happened? This guy, I, I almost sent him a thing. To, it's Christmas season. The, um, the Larry guy who heads up the state GOP. Merry Christmas, you know, to me on Twitter. No, nah, don't give me a Merry Christmas, buddy. Just come on the show so we can hear the intricacies of what you're not doing. And then the Vince Fennerty guy heading up Philadelphia. 
And I just think if you want to win, it's so obvious you've got to win Pennsylvania. You know, this is a goal line stand is one way of putting it, or this is the tush push. And they're saying, ah, I don't like, you know what it is, Dave? Mail and balloting to Larry and, and Vince Fennerty and all is like the tush push. Yeah, that's a rugby play. I'm not going to. Did you see yesterday the Giants? Oh, my God. The only thing that's happening now, occasionally, a smarter than the room ref, is calling Jason Kelsey. I think Jason Kelsey might lead for um, illegal procedure of any center in the league. He's got to be right up there because they're calling. And I don't see anything different that he's doing because they can't stop it. And they're all edging up toward the line, and they just bulldozed them again yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, it, the tush-push, mail-in balloting. And yet, uh, O'Larry and Vince Fennerty are not on board. Well, then, somebody's got to get them on board or get them out of there, don't you think? Is that an over-evaluation to say the fate of our lives depends on Vince Fennerty? And what's Larry's last name? Is it Pappas? Or, I think it is. Tabis. Tabis. Yeah, Tabis. Larry Tabis and Vince Fennerty. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're depending on them to save the country. Ah, I think Trump's going to have to win another state, Danny. He's going to have to win New York or something. There's some kind of deep-seated rivalry between Doms and Larry's that I don't know about. Yeah, that's true. That's Tabis, right, like Larry Krasner. Yeah. Well, how about old Vince, though? Vince Fennerty. That's true, too. I wonder if he's over at the bar headquarters today. I wonder if they're celebrating Nikki Haley will be the nominee. It'll be a bloodbath, I tell you. That's what he told the Inquirer. If Trump is the nominee, it'll be a bloodbath here. Ronna McDaniel. Just... Yeah, Ronna McDaniel. Well, Ronna McDaniel was, big picture. Do you think that was intentional? Like, did, does she actually know what's going on? Or is she just so unplugged that she has no idea? She just sees the numbers on a paper and assumes that it's the local GOP doing work. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I'm taking credit. Look. Listeners know, Dan, she's the big fish. I don't know why you can't get her out of it. That's up to Trump. All I know is on our watch, I'm telling you, the fate of the country depends on getting them out and putting people like Scott Presler and a few others that we know, and I haven't even tried yet, I could find more, that would have parity with the Democrats. We don't have to beat them. We just have to get maybe 10 percentage points closer or more on mail-in balloting. Can Scott Presler and Ethan K can they do that? Yes. This is a doable that we know. Can we create not some like, unknown? Can we create our own uh, like Republican committee, conservative committee? Yes. You know what? Yeah, we have, we have to. Scott Presler, Gatta, yeah, and I, I, I just there. have to get word to the Trump people and say, do you really want to win? Stop blustering about vague policies in Pennsylvania and all. Just put the right resources. Get Ron and McDaniel. Just give her a. Give her half a million dollars to go away. It's worth it. And put these guys in charge, and the Democrats know that. I read today it was more than 400. I think it was 458,000 votes were banked, meaning ahead, for uh, McCaffrey in the Supreme Court race against Carluccio. You wake up and you're going to the polls that day. You know you're down 458,000 to nothing. That's pretty uphill. Can't have that. And then people are going to be nuts. Well, they cheated. No, no, yeah, that's, I'm not going to discount that. But you can't have the Vince Fennerty's and the Larry Tappas guys in the front of the line. That's our mission in 2024. Here with Dom and Dan, Robin Schaefer next, kind of review the year on Talk Radio 1210. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3. 
from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.